Everyone, welcome to Fire the Cannon. In this podcast, we read the books in the Western canon and we decide if they belong or if they should just get out of this damn canon already. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I haven't introduced you. There ain't enough room in this canon for the two of us. Oh yeah, we're also in the canon. <laughs> and we count as one person. <laughs> us and some book we don't like, yeah. Really? <laughs> well, if, according to what Jackie said. No, I was just talking to Theo. Like, one of us has to get out of the canon. Oh. Yeah, it's established that Rachel's in it. So I'm safe. The book, we don't know. But we know one of you has to get mm-hmm. out. Why did we decide you were safe? Uh-huh. I don't know. It's her idea. Okay, should we redo that? Uh, no, it was good. That's fine. Okay. Do we have to? Okay, here's my thing. You guys always get mad when I don't say I'm the host. Do I really have to? Like, don't people know? No, they don't. No. Most people haven't listened to our podcast before. It doesn't matter. If you're talking and you're not the producer, you're the host by process of elimination. What if you're a guest? Okay, for this episode, Jackie's a guest because she's really pissing me off. (laughs) Uh, And not a guest of honor, a guest of dishonor. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Jackie. I'm what? Well, wasn't she just complaining about having to be a host and now she wants to be a host? Well, you guys told me it's not optional for some reason. So in case you guys couldn't guess, the (laughs) person talking into the microphone at the beginning of the podcast is, in fact, one of the hosts. Well, the thing is, I introduced it and I'm just the guy who edits the podcast. So it's going to be a little confusing for people. Well, that's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you're the only one who has a problem with it. We're all fine with it. If you can come up with another job title that you want Mm. that adequately explains what you do on this podcast, I will be willing to hear it out. Okay. And most likely reject it. Most likely reject it. <laughs> he's willing to reject it, yeah. Otherwise, he's not even going to listen. I'm the uh, social media manager and understudy editor. Well, then what are you doing, you know, making sounds on the podcast, Jackie? I'm sure the audience is curious. Well, Theo makes sounds on the podcast, and he's the f- the straight-up editor. No, he's a producer. He's also the, the producer. He's a produce boy. I'm the one who produced you guys. Wait, what does it mean to produce? Don't I produce if I edit the episode? Mm. Uh. Eh. Producer also talks. In my opinion. And the producer sort of coaches the hosts along the way. <laughs> I knew he was going to step into some weird position of authority. The producer is sort of <laughs> like the one who makes all the good things happen in the podcast and none of the bad things. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I, I make most of the bad things happen in the podcast. That's good. All right. Yeah. So now you've introduced yourself. Wait, if it's good, then that means you're the one who does it. Um, I'm the dark host. The dark host. And then we have a light host, which is ooh, a little backwards from how you'd expect it to be based on our appearances. Uh, <laughs> always with the race jokes. That was a very bad contribution to the podcast. Yeah. Jackie's very racially charged, and I'm very racially charged. I'm Rachel, your other host. Nice. We finally got to what a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> we were really <laughs> floundering there. And I'm Theo. If you haven't gotten it by now, I'm the producer. Uh, so what are we doing today, fellas? Well, my darling, today what we're doing is we're looking at the scary stories to tell in the dark by Alvin Schwartz. And we're going to talk about five of them. Okay. And mostly we're going to just chat about them. Should we mention that this is the episode that's being released on Halloween? It's not. It's not? It is. Tis. Oh, it, it, oh, it is. is. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so it's Halloween today. <laughs> Hi, everyone. If you're listening to this, it, that means it's Halloween. <laughs> no matter what day of the year, if you're listening to this episode, it's Halloween. <laughs> and if it's not Halloween, you need to stop listening right now. 
that's the way we can make sure it's correct. No, no, no. If it's not Halloween, it is. Oh, right. We don't want people to ever stop listening. Uh, it's Halloween somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sometime, rather. <laughs> someday. It's Halloween someday. <laughs> that's true. Well, here's something new, audience. We are all drinking during this episode. <laughs> yes, which is what I wanted to talk about. So Theo... He's had a couple sips of alcohol before, including at my house, because one time my dad handed him a mojito and he was too polite to say, oh, no, I don't drink. So he just drank some. But lately, for a couple weeks now, you've been telling us how you're thinking about starting to drink. Do you want to explain why and how that came about? <laughs> and he had a lot of questions about, like, should I do it alone? Should I do it with people? Yeah. yeah. He also, Rachel, as soon as you left, said, would it be weird if I took off my shirt? So he's really changing. Well, it's really hot in this closet. <laughs> changing into a new shirt. No, just out of that shirt. I mean, if Theo, if you took your shirt off, we wouldn't even see any nips based on how your camera is. So I'm, if it's really that hot, I'm fine with it. Why do you think I set up my camera this way? So we couldn't see any nips if you took your shirt off. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, his shirt ends right there. Oh, yeah, that's true. My entire torso ends right there. True. That would be, oh, that would be so freaking spooky. That would have been spooky. I wish I had done that for this episode. I wish I had bifurcated myself. I wish I had, like, cut off most of my body. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, it's really missing a lot of the good parts, too. But um, Belly button. Belly button. Yeah, that's the best part. That's about it. So what did you notice when you drank your first full serving of alcohol without giving it to someone else? Well, I think Rachel wanted to know. Yeah, why did he start? Rachel wanted to know, why did I start? And I'll tell you why. It's because I'm tired of being the only weirdo at every single event and party. That's it? I'm tired of it. You have to end that with, that doesn't drink. You can't just say the only weirdo at every event. I'm going to be so normal from now on. It's going to be, oh my gosh, you have no idea. Now, did people, were people giving you a lot of crap or was it just that they would offer you a drink and you'd say, I don't drink and they would say, oh, why? Or they would say, oh, okay. And then you just didn't like that. Every once in a while, people would, you know, give me a tease about it or something. In general, yeah, people were fine about it, but it still felt like, yeah, this guy is weird. It is what the vibe I was getting from people. Or did people think like you had like a problem and you were like abstaining? Someone did ask me one time if I used to be an alcoholic. And what'd you say? I tell the truth. I'm a pretty genuine person. So I, (laughs) I, I just told the truth and said... No. Like when someone asked if you were a weeaboo or whatever and you said, yeah. what's a weeaboo? He said, I guess. Sure. No, no, I, I don't think I, I, I didn't. No, I don't think I said, I guess. I think I said, maybe I said, I doubt it. I, I think doubt that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> when I was teaching, yeah, one of my students came up to me. I'm his freaking professor. And he came up to me and asked me if I was a weeb. Oh, a weeb. That's right. <laughs> I didn't know what it was at the time. So I was just like, yeah, I doubt it. Oh, you should have failed him. <laughs> I should have failed him. But- well, he didn't know what he was asking. He didn't realize how disrespectful it was. <laughs> well, I love that his response was, I doubt it. Because he's like, I don't know what that is, but it seems like the fact that you're asking me means it must not be that good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like you want to be a weeb just based on the sound of the word. <laughs> yeah, people were normally kind of, they were fine about it. It was always awkward doing a cheers because sometimes people will be like, you know, if you cheers with water, you'll have bad sex for the rest of the the. For the rest of the night. (laughs) It's like, yeah, well, sorry, it's going to happen no matter what. So let's just cheers (laughs) is what I said. So should we get to these scary stories now? We should. should? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Can I tell you about when I went to get my suit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this annoying? No. No. This episode is supposed to be short. Okay. Well, (laughs) I've never really had a suit that I thought fit me very well. I don't know where my dad like got me this. I don't. He did a good job. (laughs) 
This dude did a fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did a great job. Um, it was a suit. I'm sorry. It was a suit. <laughs> um, I have this performance coming up, so I was like, I'm going to get a new suit, and I'm going to look damn good for this performance. And so I went into the the men's house. I'm going to bleep that because they're not a sponsor and i went in there and this the salesman he read me so well just immediately <laughs> read you to filth huh read me to filth it's a drag thing when you're really criticizing someone's look basically <laughs> he was like that's the worst suit i've ever seen you walked in wearing the ill-fitting suit that's a power move <laughs> you see how i look now yeah. i want to look better hey can you improve upon this <laughs> <laughs> that's not a power move at all please help me <laughs> What a power. <laughs> I just love the Please idea of that, like walking into any store, like with the version of the thing that you need to like fix. This is the bar. We just have to get over this. <laughs> so Yeah. So I wasn't wearing that suit. Nice little flight of fancy you took there. But yeah, so the guy saw me and he was like, what's your name? And I said, Theo. And he said, come here. I got the suit for you. And I was like, all right. And he like went over and he was like, all right, here it is. Uh, go try it on. And I tried it on and he said, yeah, didn't think you would find a slim enough one, did you? <laughs> I thought it was so amazing because he, he like he could tell immediately that I am someone who is so uncomfortable thinking about buying clothes, looking through racks of clothes or anything like that. He was just yeah. like, this guy wants to be out of here as soon as possible. I'm going to give him one option. And I know he likes his clothes skinny, I guess. And then I'm going to make fun of his body type. Like I had the thought in my brain, I hope I find a suit that is slim enough. Slim enough. Yeah. Theo's a slim man, but he's not like a twig or something. I don't. Why would someone comment on that? Theo is very, very skinny. Like he's... Steven's skinny. He's never had a problem. But he's not as skinny as Theo. I think he is. I think he's skinnier. He's not. Maybe. No, he does not look as skinny. He has he has muscles. Whoa. Whoa! What? You have muscles. It's just we can't see any of them. They're all below the shirt. What? Oh my! A nice try, God. Jackie. You said Stephen has been like working out and like bulking up and stuff. Okay, I didn't say bulking. He weighs I don't know one forty five, but he's also taller than Theo. He's like six one. Calculating, calculating. He has exactly the same muscle mass as me. I just calculated it. Three O's <laughs> back at it again, baby. Yeah, no, you should go back and find that man and say, like, hey, can you, like, help me out with everything else in my life, too? Like, yes. can you buy me an apartment? Like, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Didn't think you would find one small enough, did you? Yeah. Without heat, like all the apartments you get. That's pretty good. <laughs> help me pick out an athlete's foot medication. Okay. Didn't think you'd find one potent enough, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, um, just as a little bit of a better introduction, what we've done is I have picked out five scary stories from across the scary story canon. So scary stories to tell in the dark, scary stories two, more scary stories to tell in the dark, and scary stories three, more tales to chill your bones by Alvin Schwartz. Most of us remember these if you were like 90 kids. If you were 90 kids, all in a trench coat, and you <laughs> remember reading this. If one of you doesn't remember, another one will. Just like tell each other about it. Yeah. Just ask the other 89, yeah. Um, most of us remember these because of the horrifying illustrations that went with them. And so when I was rereading these, I was like, oh, my God, these are not as scary as I remember them being at all. But it's just the illustrations that are. So I'll share some of those on the Instagram because they're famous. Everybody knows them. The one of them is actually still still spooks me a little bit, still chills my bones, still makes me all chilly in the bones. My bones are hot. Let's talk about this so that we can get going. Yeah, let's chill those babies down. OK, but first, Rachel's going to start with a little background. Yeah. Yeah, I have a little bit of background info, but I don't need to do too much because it's just a fun light bonus episode for everyone 
Rachel said sternly. You hear that, audience? Just Have a fun. fun episode, okay? It's just going to be light. We're going to keep it calm. Okay. Alvin Schwartz, the first one he published in 81, then 84, then 91, then he ended up dying in 92. So he had time to finish the trilogy, but that's about it. They are really famous for their illustrations, which are like perhaps too spooktacular for children. Oh, very much too spectacular. These gave me nightmares. Yeah, they're they're like a little a little too much. So in 2011, they published it with a new artist, the guy who did the art for a series of unfortunate events, and people were furious, so they like re-released it with the old art. The art that got replaced, everyone was like, "Yeah, this is much more kid-friendly and appropriate." So of course everyone was <laughs> furious. So we've got the old creepy stuff back. If you look at like comparisons of the two, there's a big difference. <laughs> I, I like the the replacement art. It's got a nice, charming quality to it. Like, I like that guy's style, but it's definitely not going to give your kids nightmares, which apparently people want. Which apparently is what people want, yeah. I mean, if he had written these stories to be scarier to go with these illustrations, I think the whole book, like, they would have just had to can it. But somehow with the the very simple and not so scary stories, these illustrations, I mean, they're just very – um. They clash. They're way scarier than the stories. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the Scary Stories trilogy was the most challenged book series for the entire 1990s. Whoa. Pretty good, right? And here are some of the complaints or some of the (laughs) comments. This is a quote. Sick, dot, dot, dot. Repulsive. (laughs) Really disgusting, dot, dot, dot. Not appropriate for children. People love those ellipses, though. But anyway, so kids still like it. I think they like knowing that their parents would be like, oh, no, this is this is too much for you, little children. Anyway, there was uh, like a TV series or was it like an anthology film? There was that a film. came yeah. out in 2019. Yeah, it was like an anthology, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just took like little aspects from a lot of the stories and tried to put it into a plot. I didn't see it. So each of the stories is super duper short, like a page, maybe two pages, and they're not related to each other at all. They're just short little scary things. Really? That short? Yeah, pretty darn short. I've honestly never heard of these. Well, you're about to get, I think, a little bit spooked. All right. So we're going to read the stories and then we're just going to make jokes about them, okay? Okay. No pressure. Let's do it. Okay. This is Harold. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh, it was boring. All day, the two men tended their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It would be fun to make, and we could put it in the garden to scare the birds. It should look like Harold, Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made a doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning on their way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night, they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, How are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, Very slowly. They both would laugh, but not Harold. (laughs) Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. 
How do you like that stew, Harold, he would ask. Well, you better eat it or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. (laughs) Did you hear that, Alfred asked? It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt, Alfred asked. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, Thomas said. (laughs) And that will be that. Oh, the end. (laughs) Yeah, the end. (laughs) Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in the corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take Wait, him outside anymore. Wait, if I thought that I had to keep an eye on a scarecrow, I would just destroy the scarecrow. I wouldn't be like, <laughs> let's not be too hasty. Don't be rash. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> what if it's a Wizard of Oz scarecrow? I wouldn't be like, I need to keep an eye on it. All right. So um, they didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning, they put Harold out in the garden, and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, this is what really freaked me out, (laughs) Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We have been up here on this mountain for too long. Maybe it's the layers and layers of food we've smeared on. (laughs) Yeah. The next morning while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. (laughs) They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither one wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked toward the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. Okay, so hold on. (laughs) It starts out very Brokeback Mountain, right? Like these two guys are just living their best life in this little cabin. Yeah. They have their cows. They're joking. Wait, wait, wait. Which of us is Thomas? Which is Alfred? And which is Harold? Nose goes for who's Harold. Nose goes for who's Harold. Jackie's Harold. It's Rachel. No, it was Rachel. No, I did it way before you. Uh, well, with the lag, it kind of seemed like it was, <laughs> I think you're Harold, Rachel. There's no way I'm Harold. <laughs> no way. I think me and Rachel are clearly Thomas and Alfred and Theo has to be Harold. I do tend to trot like a horse on its hind legs. Yeah. Can you just what, imagine what us being like, hey, Harold, how's the vegetables going? <laughs> <laughs> Smearing food on me. <laughs> That is such an amazing idea to have. Like, I would never think of smearing food on a doll's face. And, like, if you were doing that, you might be thinking, like, oh, I'll feed him. You're not thinking, like, hey, fuck you, Harold. Have some stew. Like, The thing is, also, like, it's not that mean. Oh, no, they put food on a scarecrow. Well, they kicked him and punched him. Okay. It's not really that big of a deal. They definitely don't deserve to be skinned. <laughs> okay, well. so let's let's go back through this very briefly. So Thomas and Alfred just spend two months in the mountains with their cows, and they eat supper and work in the garden and go to sleep, and it seems like a really nice life, right? Mm-hmm. Do we ship them? We ship them. 
All right, that's accepted. I guess we don't get to weigh in on that. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Why not? We're, we're a single unit. So when they say, let's just keep an eye on him, like we're not totally sure if he grunted or not. If I ever said to myself, I'm worried that this object might be alive and I'm afraid <laughs> about it, I would never say I'm going to keep an eye on it. I could see myself convincing myself that it didn't happen. Like if they had said, did he just make a sound? Oh, no, he didn't make a sound. Okay, that's fine. But instead they acknowledge that he did. But if you're like, did he make a sound? He definitely did. Let's just keep an eye on him. Yeah, this no. could end in something really cool. We have to just let it play It out. actually could, though. It could be the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz who helps you in every situation. You didn't think about that, did you, Rachel? Um, they were afraid. That's what I just said if I was worried. You're worried, you're afraid, but like maybe it will actually turn out well. So let's keep an eye on it. Yeah, so let's keep an eye. You made him into an effigy of a person you hate and then you were mean to him. Like how could yeah. that turn out? He doesn't out? have a brain. So doesn't have a brain. Can't really reason. <laughs> so okay. So they're like, we're gonna keep an eye on it because he made a sound. Harold gets up and walks out, and then just trots around on the roof. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. The <laughs> this is the funniest thing that he does it all day <laughs> and all night. I would think, Harold, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I would think to say that maybe <laughs> or run <Yeah>. away. <laughs> what is the point? Like, was that just to scare them? Why was he trotting on the roof? <laughs> just to establish that he likes to be on the roof, so that it makes sense later when Arnold. <laughs> Arnold sees him on the roof with his buddy's skin. <laughs> Otherwise, it makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> You're saying that's what the author was thinking or that's what Harold... Yeah, he's like, I need to establish this previous connection between Harold and the roof. But why does he need to be on the roof at the end? So that Arnold could see him from afar. And he's drying a skin in the sun, so he'd be up high. Why didn't he just put him on his scarecrow rack? That would have been scarier. I know, I know. That makes so much more sense. No, to me, no, I feel like that's predictable. Or like put the skin around himself. Well, that's the implication. He's drying it out so he can put it on later, like a little suit. You bet you didn't think you'd find one slim enough, did you, Harold? <laughs> oh, I got your suit right here. <laughs> Come on, this, this is Thomas. <laughs> um, and then also, it doesn't say this, but you know they were sleeping in the hut that night while Harold was just trotting back and forth on the roof. And then they like didn't even try to leave until the next day. And the author doesn't establish like, okay, one of them stayed up all night no. or they took turns staying awake yeah. to keep an eye on Harold. Like, like they just both went to sleep. Why not say that? Why not let us know that would build the tension? more just be like yeah they they were fine with it <laughs> and thomas is like i don't know should we should we throw him in the fire now and alfred's like which will cool it like he might stop trotting pretty let's soon keep an eye on him <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just see what happens and then they're saying to themselves there's nothing to be afraid of and then they have to draw straws to decide who goes back so i don't know you guys but also like what are they talking about the stools would cost a lot to replace he didn't establish that they've run away from home like why do they need to replace them just squat for once well that's their livelihood rachel they milk cows that's all they do no but he didn't establish that they were leaving home for good so what's he talking about they cost a lot to replace aren't they just going back at the end of the day um no they're going back down the mountain they only come up in the summer like they stay with okay. the cow for two months and then they bring them back down so they could just come back next year yeah <laughs> also okay also that's a lie that milking stools cost a lot to replace <laughs> there I, even i who doesn't have a lot of woodworking experience could make a milking stool like not a great one but i could definitely make one 
Yeah. Well, so, okay, so we found the only plot hole in the story is that milking stools do not cost a lot. Why does he have to trot like a horse on its hind legs? Famously, horses don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> it's so silly to imagine, just like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no way to verbally say what I just did, but... It looked absurd. <laughs> listeners, take your hands, put them out in front of you like a T-Rex. Like a horse. T-Rex hands, got it, okay? Yeah, now clip, 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 up and down, up and down with those little T-Rex arms. <laughs> horse. Okay, horses don't do this, Theo. Have you ever seen a horse? I think I'm picturing, you know, when a horse rears back on its hind legs and then you just take that position and turn it into walking. But I'm imagining also the little back legs really like hiking up, like really going high. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not just shuffling. Wow, I really did not think Harold would be that frightening. Hold on. I, children have commented on this story on the wiki. Um, <laughs> Share with the class. Um, <laughs> don't just chuckle to yourself. <laughs> don't be a freaking Harold just grunting over there, not telling us what's going on. I assume these are children because they're all pretty childish. Bro, that guy lost to a doll. He deserved to die. Oh, my god. Someone responded, LOL, true. Someone else said... I know this story. I think I saw that story when I was about eight years old. And the name of the victim was actually Tommy Mindler in the movie. He turned in the a scary crow straws were sticking out of his mouth, even his face. <laughs> oh, my God. Rachel, do you want to read The Wreck? All right. So Jackie basically picked all of these. But for the final one, she was like, which do you want? And I just randomly chose one. So here's one called The Wreck. Fred and Jeannie went to the same high school, but they met for the first time at the Christmas dance. Oh, it's a Christmas story. Cute. Fred had come by himself, and so had Jeannie. Soon Fred decided that Jeannie was one of the nicest girls he had ever met. They danced together most of the evening. At 11 o'clock, Jeannie said, I have to leave now. Can you give me a ride? Sure, he said. I've got to go home, too. I accidentally drove my car into a tree on the way over here, Jeannie said. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Fred drove her to the herd of Brady Road. I think that's probably supposed to be head. <laughs> it's a typo, I'm sure. It was in a neighborhood he didn't know very well. Why don't you drop me off here, Jeannie said. The road up ahead is in really bad condition. I can walk from here. Fred stopped the car and held out some tinsel. Have some, he said. I got it at the dance. Nice. Thank you, Aww. she said. I'll put it in my hair. And she did. Would you like to go out sometime to a movie or something? Fred asked. That would be fun, Jeannie said. After Fred drove off, he realized that he did not know Jeannie's last name or her telephone number. Oof. I'll go back, he thought. The road can't be that bad. He drove slowly down Brady Road through a thick woods, but there wasn't a sign of Jeannie. As he came around a curve, he saw the wreckage of a car ahead. It had crashed into a tree and had caught fire. Smoke was still rising from it. As Fred made his way to the car, he could see someone trapped inside, crushed against the steering column. It was Jeannie. In her hair was the Christmas tinsel he had given her. Okay. What? <laughs> that's not scary. You say that's not scary? <laughs> that's cute. That's cute? <laughs> you think that's cute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cute and sad, but not scary. A woman died. But she had a great time at the Christmas dance afterwards. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. I just like how he doesn't react at all when she says, like, can you give me a ride? I drove my car into a tree on the way here. <laughs> and then she, like, <laughs> proceeded to just, like, continue to the dance instead of being like, oh, shit, I just wrecked my car. I need to go home. Yeah. Wait, so it's a it's a time travel thing or it's a ghost thing? I think it's, it's a, a ghost, ghost but she's a corporeal ghost. But I would think that if it's a ghost thing, she wouldn't have the tinsel in her hair. But she did to show that he wasn't delusional, I guess. Or, or okay, or the other way we could look at this is 
She did crash her car. She survived. She walked to the dance. They had a great time. He drove her to the road, gave her <laughs> she tinsel, got back. and then she got back in the car <laughs> alive and just went like sleep. Well, she was trying to go in reverse, but then she just accidentally had it in drive and she just slammed on the gas pedal and smashed more into the tree. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. That further. makes a lot more sense than it being a ghost thing. She was like, you know what? I bet I could try and get this baby home. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought it's a ghost if he had looked at her hair and there was no tinsel. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to change the tinsel. It would have to be something like he cut off her ponytail or something, and then the ponytail was there. Cuts off her ponytail. Would you like to go out sometime? <laughs> would you like to go out sometime, snip? You'd have to do it in the middle. You'd have to be like, would you like to snip, go out sometime? So she wouldn't have any idea. Here's the comment from a kid on the bottom. Car wrecks are very dangerous in this story. <laughs> I mean, they're not. Actually, they're like less dangerous, I guess, because you can still go to a Christmas dance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, it seems like they're totally fine. Yeah. No, but she's a ghost. No, yeah. Whatever. But some people like that. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, though, I'm totally rethinking this. Like, it is more plausible that she got back in the car and wrecked it a second time after getting back from the dance. But Fred would be like, oh, shit, I danced with a ghost the whole night. Because of this weird, wacky double mistake oh, she made. You're, so you're thinking she did it just to trick him? No, not on purpose. No, I think she accidentally. <laughs> like if you know you're about to die anyway, just play a ghost prank on someone. <laughs> hey, wouldn't this be a good joke? Oh my gosh, I would. <laughs> Come up with one. What would you? What would you do? Um, probably the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like mortally wounded and I'm just trying to play it off just like we're having a great time right <laughs> too awkward to admit it yeah he's driving you home and you're like I feel like I'm about to literally die you just let me out here I can walk the rest of the way <laughs> check on me in five minutes <laughs> I know like I'm really about to die so I'm just like uh, I collapsed out in the atrium earlier and so I just like yeah. run out of the concert venue and just like fall over and there's where I die I don't know I I guess if he really liked her, I get it. But I feel like if I got to the point where I was driving away and I didn't have any way to contact this person, I would just think, you know, I, I messed that up. I'll just do better next time. That, no, Theo, she's one of the nicest girls you've ever met. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Even nicer than me and Jackie somehow. And he does want his tinsel back, probably. He does <laughs> yeah. want his tinsel back, yeah. It's like, oh, that was alone. Yeah. You weren't supposed to keep that. Yeah. yeah. You weren't supposed to die in that. Yeah. So if a girl said to you, I accidentally drove my car into a tree on the way over here. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Would you respond? Because Fred says nothing. He just <laughs> continues to drive. Noted. <laughs> Give us a, a, a hint into the male perspective, Theo. Would you still like this girl if she was like, uh, duh, and just like drove into a tree? Honestly, I would think if I make any comment about it, this could be at risk of me sounding like I'm saying she's bad at driving because she's a woman. So I will just change the subject. Well, she did say I just wasn't paying attention. They didn't even have like cell phones or anything. Due to being a woman. Yeah, due to being a woman. I was. I guess I could have said that has nothing to do with your gender. So if someone said I, I just got into a car accident, you would say it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a woman. Right. Yeah, if a woman said that. Yeah. yeah. If it was a man, you would say who knows why. Why that happened. Yeah. Really? I'd, I'd be like shocked. What? <laughs> Wait, are you sure you're a man? Like, have you been the woman this whole time? That's what you'd say if a man said he got in a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um I'm gonna read alligators. That sound good? Yeah. Finally, some scaly friends. So I picked this one solely um off of the title because I didn't remember ever reading this. So <laughs> this is called Alligators. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Here I go. Alligators. 
I have to say, this illustration is kind of cute. Aww. It's supposed to be horrifying, but it's it's like an alligator with a little weird grin. Oh, it is cute. Isn't it? He looks like a little bit cheeky, you know? Yeah, he does. He's like, mm. He's got Aww. a bit of the cheeky numbles to him. He does, <laughs> nice. yeah. Call back. <laughs> a young woman in town married a man from another part of the country. He was a nice fellow, and they got along pretty well together. There was only one problem. Every night, he'd go swimming in the river. Sometimes he would be gone all night long, and she would complain about how lonely she was. This couple had two young sons. As soon as the boys could walk, their father began to teach them how to swim. And when they got to be old enough, he took them swimming in the river at night. Often they would stay there all night long, and the young woman would stay home all by herself. After a while, she began to act in a strange way. At least, that is what the neighbors said. She told them that her husband was turning into an alligator and that he was trying to turn the boys into alligators. Everybody told her there was nothing wrong with a man taking his son swimming. That was a natural thing to do. (laughs) And when it came to alligators, there just weren't any nearby. Okay, that's not an excuse if you say my husband's trying to turn my kids into alligators saying... There aren't any alligators nearby. Yeah. No, that's not a response to that. We could use some alligators. Come on. Like, shut up. Yeah. yeah, we hope he is. You're ruining this for everyone. This is good for all of us. Okay, so it says there just weren't any nearby. Everyone knew that. How did an adult write that? That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Sorry. Go ahead. Early one morning, the young woman came running into town from the direction of the river. She was soaking wet. She said a big alligator and two little alligators had pulled her in and tried to get her to eat a raw fish. So they offered her a nice sushi dinner. What's the problem? (laughs) They were her husband and her son, she said, and they wanted her to live with them. But she had gotten away. Well, they're trying to spend time with you, lady. You've been complaining about how lonely you are. Jeez. Yeah, really. No one can please you. Her doctor decided she had lost her mind, and he decided, and he had her put in the hospital for a while. After that, nobody saw her husband and boys again. They just disappeared. But now and then, a fisherman would tell about seeing alligators in the river at night. Usually it was one big alligator and two small ones, but people said they were just making it up. Everybody knows there aren't any alligators around here. Not scary. Cute. Really? <laughs> Cute. Also, what? I, I just want to know more and more and more. Why would someone think, oh, every night my husband goes swimming all night? I would think, oh, he's cheating on you, not he's trying to turn my sons into alligators. <laughs> or what if he was True. dropping little hints, being like, mm, getting kind of scaly, like, ooh, think I'm going to go alligator around tonight, when really he's just cheating on her and she's like just too dumb to realize. Yeah. Yeah, and he hired some alligators to give her a fish. <laughs> <laughs> alligators are a good deal. They, they work for pretty cheap. So when I read this, I was like, well, why – why is the scary part that he's turning himself and their sons into alligators? Like, wouldn't it be like you'd freak out more if he was trying to turn you into one, right? Yeah, against your will. I mean, I, I, I don't have children, but I don't think I would want them to become alligators. But they they must like it. Would you eat the fish? Each of you. Would you eat the fish? Yes. I'd eat the fish. I'm lonely. Why not? Here's my husband. Here's my sons. Give me that fish. I Yeah, I'd eat the fish. <laughs> Free food. <laughs> no doubt. There's a place near where I live in Houston. Well, it's not near there. It's a 45-minute drive away. It's called Brazos Bend State Park, and it is the place to find gators if you want to find a gator. Is that where you went to go see all the spiders? 
No, that was a different place. <laughs> yeah, that's, that place is called Spider Town. Remember? Yeah, this is called Gator Town. <laughs> but when I when I went there, I was like, okay, I'm gonna count how many alligators I see. I just got overwhelmed. I saw so many yeah, alligators. He saw, I was like, like more kind of than six, and he couldn't keep going. No, I think I saw like over twenty. I couldn't keep counting. <laughs> I was kind of bored of alligators by the end. Did any of them try to get you to join them? <laughs> no, but I God, I would have. <laughs> you know, I like how every one of your stories of going to a nature preserve always ends in seeing so many of one animal that you are just sick of it. <laughs> I mean, the hilarious thing about that is I, I tried to go there with my brother when he visited me in Houston, but we went in February. So the alligators were, it was too cold for them, I guess. They were asleep. Yeah, they were doing something. Oh. And we only saw one alligator that day, but then we saw like hundreds of vultures. <laughs> And you got sick of it. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because normally you don't give a shit when you see a vulture. It's like, ugh. I gave a shit when I saw five vultures in my driveway the other month and they were eating my possum. Your possum? Wait. So have we established that you have a possum? <laughs> <laughs> so I came out one morning and I, you know, usually you don't see possums in broad daylight, which was the first indication that something was wrong. So this thing was just like slowly sauntering around and I was like, oh. so here's the thing. As many of you know, when a possum has its back to you and is kind of turned a certain way, it looks exactly like a cat. And so mm. I was like, oh, kitty. And I was like going up closer to take a picture of it and it turns around. It was, and I was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> So I was like, okay, it well. It at you? It just has that little face, you know? It just smiled at her. Yeah. It just smiled at her, but with hissing intent. <laughs> so it was not a cat, but I was like, oh, okay, well, that's my little possum buddy now. And I, like, sent pictures of it to my coworkers, <laughs> and I was joking, and I was like, hey, guys, look at, like, my new my new foster cat I found. And the next day, I looked out the window, and there were five huge turkey vultures in my driveway tearing that little thing apart i mean i do think when you see a possum out during the daytime something's wrong with it no there yeah i was clearly sick so yeah but you didn't help it so no but rachel i think that's a good lead into our next story the wait, possum. wait wait can you read the comments on this story <laughs> there are no comments on this story well why, why don't you refresh the page so <laughs> did you just leave one for you? He left a comment. Oh, weird. Someone named Fire Cannon nine minutes ago said, unreal scary, and then responded to themselves and said, wait, so there weren't gators nearby? Yeah, a lot of buzz about this story ever since we covered it on the podcast. <laughs> I wondered why, as I was reading that, I got a, an email notification to our fire the cannon podcast at gmail.com, and it said, like, finish setting up your account. And I was like, what is that? Yeah, you made an account on the scary stories. <laughs> fandom wiki <laughs> yeah i did check the box to get promotional materials and their newsletter so can't wait for that <laughs> that is that is so ridiculous that an adult thought someone says my husband is trying to turn me into an alligator and someone else's response would be there are no alligators around <laughs> and also it's perfectly normal for your husband to teach his own sons to swim it's natural totally it's natural, natural. <laughs> why are you being so weird about this it's all natural bye babe i'm gonna go take a totally natural all-night swim in the river but he stayed true to her the alligator did he tried to get her to join them i feel like maybe if he had just talked to her about it ahead of time yeah this could have been avoided because there are obviously look at us plenty of women mm -hmm. who would happily turn into alligators yeah i mean he's <laughs> should have put it in part of their prenups, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one is called... What, Rachel, you can't find the story? No, I, I said I found it. And I said, okay, this story oh, okay. is called Sam's New Bed. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Rachel? You lost your whole computer? <laughs> it's from Scary Stories 3. More tales to chill your bones. All right. 
Sam stayed with his grandmother when his parents went to Mexico for their vacation. We are going to bring you back something nice, his mother told him. It will be a surprise. Before they came home, Sam's parents looked for something Sam would like. All they could find was a beautiful sombrero. It costs too much. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no. No presents for the children. <laughs> Sam's new pet. Nothing. <laughs> the real scary thing is when parents break their promises to their children. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. That afternoon, while they were eating their lunch in a park, they decided to buy the sombrero after all. Sam's father threw what was left of their sandwiches to some stray dogs, and they walked back to the marketplace. One of the animals followed them. It was a small gray creature with short hair, short legs, and a long tail. Wherever they went, it went. Isn't it cute? Sam's mother said. Sorry, isn't he cute? He must be one of those Mexican hairless dogs. Sam would love him. He's probably somebody's pet, Sam's father said. They asked several people if they knew who its owners were, but no one did. They just smiled and shrugged their shoulders. Finally, Sam's mother said, maybe he's just a stray. Let's take him home with us. We can give him a good home, and Sam will love him. And we can return that expensive-ass sombrero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just really wanted to save money. It is against the law to take a pet across the border. <laughs> but Sam's parents hid the animal in a box, and no one saw it. When they got home, they showed it to Sam. He's a pretty small dog, said Sam. He's a Mexican dog, his father said. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind. I think it's called a Mexican hairless. We'll find out. But he's nice, isn't he? They gave the new pet some dog food. Then they washed it and brushed it and combed its fur. That night, it slept on Sam's bed. When Sam awakened the next morning, his pet was still there. <laughs> Mother, he called, the dog has a cold. The animal's eyes were running and there was something white around its mouth. Later that morning, Sam's mother took it to a veterinarian. Where did you get him? The vet asked. In Mexico, she said. We think he's a Mexican hairless. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> he's not a hairless, the vet said. He's not even a dog. He's a sewer rat, and he has rabies. Oh, my God. That's the end? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I need to tell you about what's going on on this wiki. I have to talk about it right now. <laughs> there are a bunch okay. of pictures and diagrams of dinosaurs on the wiki page and it says it's possible that sam's pet is a living and it's supposed to be a cytacosaurus but they spell it cytacosaurus so they misspell the dinosaur that avoided extinction and then there's another picture it says fossils have been discovered of this cryptid and its existence and then there's a diagram of a human standing next to one and says so it's likely possible that sam is keeping a dinosaur that was supposed to be extinct <laughs> then in the comments below someone says likely possible someone says i'm pretty sure they said it was a rat not an extinct dinosaur <laughs> someone else says i do believe he's keeping a sit <laughs> I still, I can't get over like the tiniest part of that, which was likely possible. It's possibly possible. Yeah, it wasn't a rat. It was a, a, a dinosaur, likely. What I love about that is they were like, okay, so they went to Mexico, like on vacation by themselves, left Sam at home. And then they were like, eh, should we buy him this hat? Nah, too expensive. Can't like, find anything else in Mexico. <laughs> You didn't even take him with you. You can at least buy him a sombrero. Well, you don't know how expensive it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I but I bet you the upkeep for that rat with rabies for the rest of its life is going to cost more than that sombrero. <laughs> even if it was a dog, that definitely would have been more more expensive, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, especially a Mexican hairless. 
Yeah. I mean, those are priceless. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, I feel like the parents are kind of dumb. Like a rat doesn't look like a dog. Well, have you ever seen a Mexican sewer rat with rabies? Because it looks exactly like a dinosaur. <laughs> I also like that this was clearly just Alvin Schwartz, like not knowing what the hell you buy in Mexico other than a sombrero. That's just like the only thing he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should rent this mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> well, this taco is not going to keep so good in the car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so when did the rat get rabies? Yeah, that's the plot hole. I think you're asking the wrong question. I think the question is, when did Sam get rabies? <laughs> Wait, Sam had rabies? No. Well, he slept in a bed with a rabid thing all night. But he didn't get bit by it. We don't know that. He would know. No, I think you could easily get bitten by something and not really know for sure. Especially if you're sleeping. Like, people get bitten by bats while they're sleeping. That's Look, true. if I was bitten by a giant rat, I would know. Mm. Sorry. What uh, if it's just a nibble? One of those rabies nibbles. I would know. Sorry to Sam, but I'm built different. I know when a rat bites me. Look, if you get rabies, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you got to go to the hospital, but it's not like Sam's going to die. Well, if you didn't know, if you didn't well, know, well, they that would you know. They bit- knew the next morning if he, he actually got bitten. They found it, out. Don't you only have like twenty four hours, and then you have That's to not get true. it? No, it's not true. No, rabies can lay vir- um, dormant for months. Really? But once you start showing symptoms, then it's it's go time. And don't you have to get a shot into your stomach? Uh, yeah. Ouch. So here's something funny. Um, the maternal fetal medicine center where I work also doubles as the place where everybody gets rabies shots. <laughs> so. I like just was in the break room and one of the like receptionists from the front desk came in and I was like, oh, how's your day going? She's like, it's been really busy. We've had a lot of people getting bitten by raccoons. (laughs) Like I didn't know this was also where they gave the rabies shots. (laughs) Happy Halloween, spooktacular buddies. If you're enjoying this content, make sure you head to patreon.com slash fire the cannon and check out all of our other content that we have. We have some spooktacular stuff up there too, but some of it's not so scary. Some of it is. You decide. You want to go on over to uh, Apple Reviews and leave a podcast (laughs) or a rating or a comment? (laughs) Sorry? Leave a podcast? Start your own podcast. Compete with us. (laughs) Yeah, just upload your own freaking podcast. See how you do. It's harder than it looks. You think you could do this? You try it. (laughs) You know what I mean, guys. Leave us a review or a rating. Love you. Bye. Oh, by the way, as always, Canon is spelled C-A-N-O-N. It's on purpose. It's a pun. So I was going to do the guests, but now I feel like that's too similar to the wreck. So should I do something else, Rachel? Sure. Pick one of the other ones that you didn't choose. I'll do the bed by the window. Okay. All right. Here it is. The bed by the window. Three old men shared a room at the nursing home. Their room had only one window, but for them, it was the only link to the real world. (laughs) Ted Conklin, who had been there the longest, had the bed next to the window. Great name. When Ted died, the man in the next bed, George Best, (gasps) took his place. (gasps) And the third man, Richard Green, took George's bed. Despite his illness, George was a cheerful man who spent his days describing the sights he could see from his bed. Pretty girls, a policeman on horseback, a traffic jam, a pizza parlor, a fire station, and other scenes of life outside. Richard loved to listen to George, but the more George talked about life outside, the more Richard wanted to see it for himself. Yet he knew that only when George died would he have his chance. (laughs) He wanted to look out the window so badly that one day he decided to kill George. He's going to die soon anyway, he told himself. (laughs) What difference would it make? George had a bad heart. If he had an attack during the night and a nurse could not get to him right away, he had pills he could take. He kept them in a bottle on top of the cabinet between his bed and Richard's. All Richard had to do was knock the bottle to the floor where George could not reach it. A few nights later, George died just as Richard had planned he would. 
and the next morning, Richard was moved to the bed by the window. Now he would see for himself all the things outside that George had described. After the nurses left, Richard turned to the window and looked out, but all he could see was a blank brick wall. Poignant. Not spooky either. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't remember the characters' names, but it's like the, yeah, the first two were just trying to regale the others with stories. Oh, is that what it is? Like, they were just trying to cheer the other one up and it ended in their death? Yeah. Yeah. Just making stuff up. Either that or there is rapid construction. (laughs) (laughs) Gentrification is the real scary thing in this story. (laughs) Well, I love how one of the things George describes is like a traffic jam. (laughs) Tell you all about that. So I think this is actually a very sweet story, except for what the last guy did. Except for the murder part? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know why everyone immediately jumps to murder. If I were him, mm-hmm. I would think to say, would you want to switch like every other day? And so I'm looking out the window some days. Otherwise, and- I'll kill you. Because <laughs> you're, you're so empathetic. Yeah. Here's the ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. I can just knock your, your pills to the floor. Also, this was their only link to the outside or to the real world, it says. Not the outside world, the real world. Like, are they like in some kind of simulation? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> also, I would have been a little suspicious if I was in a room with two guys and Ted had been there the longest and he never said shit about what was outside the window. And then suddenly Richard goes over there and is like, or sorry, George goes over and is like talking up a storm about it. Why didn't Ted say any of that stuff, George? Not very nice. Wow. I wonder why there needed to be three people. I don't know. <laughs> Me, you, and Jackie. Okay, which one of us is Ted? Which oh, one God. of us is George? And which one is Richard? I'm honestly probably the George because I always try to cheer you guys up. Yeah. So empathetic. Well, George Best. That's got to be Rachel, right? Yeah, sorry. Uh, we can change the last name, mm. but I'm George. What if we switch every other day for you? I hate that idea, Rachel. <laughs> Ted Conklin. That's me. Jacqueline Conklin. Yeah. Okay. Jackie's Ted. <laughs> the one who doesn't do anything. Yeah. No, actually, I want to be Ted. I want to be Ted. I want to just not be involved in the whole thing. <laughs> just, I'm going to just look at my brick wall in peace. And die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what it's saying is you shouldn't, you shouldn't covet thy neighbor's goods. Really? Right. Or maybe it's like, you shouldn't murder thy neighbor. <laughs> you shouldn't murder thy neighbor. Man, all of these stories could be solved with just a little better communication. Like the alligator one. Just a little something slipped into the prenup. Yeah. Or like the wreck. Like, hey, just so you know, I am dead. I am a ghost. Yeah. Are you sure you want to give me your only tinsel? <laughs> oh, the, the rat. The, the rat, rat, yeah. They should have been like, are you a dog? Yeah, if the rat had just been clear about what it was. <laughs> they asked all the Mexicans, but they didn't ask the animal. <laughs> what yeah. was the miscommunication in Harold, Theo? Uh, well, it wasn't a miscommunication. One of them communicated very clearly that they should put Harold in the fire, and the other one just didn't listen. Well, no, I think it's on Harold, because he could have said, hey, I'm alive, stop smearing on me. Well, he tried. He was grunting. <laughs> I know, it's a miscommunication. That's not how he should have <laughs> communicated. So he could have spoken, but he just made a mistake. By yeah, yeah, that was his mistake. Maybe this will work. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my grandpa used to think. <laughs> Claxton. Claxton. Does Harold remind you of Claxton? <laughs> yeah, all the cantering. What was what was he doing? Trotting like a two-legged horse. Yeah. <laughs> he was trotting on the roof. Do you think he was trying to like tap out like a Morse code message? And he was like, "Quick, run away! I'm about to kill you." <laughs> yeah, that right. was the miscommunication. I don't want to do this, but your skin's looking great. <laughs> you leave me no choice. Gosh. Hey, don't forget those milking stools tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to turn out really badly for you if you forget the milking stools, guys. <laughs> I was just saying sorry in advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, should we wrap this thing up? Well, which was the scariest one? 
Harold. We have to pick one that was the scariest and we fire the other four. You think Harold? I definitely feel like that's the scariest. Mm. What if you think you're getting the right pet and you're actually getting a dinosaur? <laughs> I thought Sam's new pet was extremely scary. What? Why? That's, that's like impossible. the least scary. I don't know. Like you trust this thing and you and you think it's a little dog and then you realize, oh, it's actually a horrifying monster with rabies. Uh, um, rat is not a horrifying monster. They make great pets. A huge rat that's the size of a dog that's rabid makes a great pet. Doesn't matter how big it is. How rabid it is. The rabidness has nothing to do with the rat. If the veterinarian had said, this is not a dog, this is a demon from hell. That would be scary. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was just a Mexican hairless rat. They're a noble breed. Maybe the veterinarian is like, I don't know how to identify this. I think you need to go to a specialist. And they hold out a card for a demonologist. Yes. And then they go there. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been spooky. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it ends when he hands the card over that's the demonologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I just thought it was kind of scary. Just no matter what it was, like anything that you think is one thing and it turns out to be a totally different thing. I just feel like that's spooky. Mm. Eh, I don't think it's spooky. You don't have to agree, but my feelings are valid. Mm. Jackie, you don't need to be talking about that. <laughs> my feelings are valid about the spookiness of this children's story about a rat. Hey. I don't know, man. Rabies just scares me. When I had to put my second cat down the other day, they were like, so uh, did he bite you and break your skin at any point lately? And I was like, I don't think so. Why? And they were like, well, he's kind of acting like he has rabies. And I was like, I don't think that's possible like hasn't he been vaccinated and they said no we don't think he has oh my god i know the scariest stories to tell at night whatever this series is called i know the twist that would have been at your story they would have asked you did it bite you and break your skin because it seems like it has rabies then you would have said no but i did bite it and then you lunge toward the vet. No, no, that's how you find out you have rabies. Yeah, you say, but I bit it. And then you like start foaming at the Yeah, top. you lunge. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. It's still scary for the Jackie character. That's when Jackie finds out she has rabies because she finds out she passed it on to the cat. Okay, yeah, and I'm totally okay. asymptomatic, but I can apparently spread it to everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like typhoid Mary, but with rabies. Rabid Jackie. You guys didn't like that as much as I was hoping you would. Yeah. Well, you just, you shot us down about the Jackie lunging at the that, that would have really been scary. Yeah, that would have been the best ending. No. No, the best endings are the ones where... <laughs> the where best the, endings um, are the ones where nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, the best endings are the ones where it's just a sort of exclamation point. Like, what? I had this all wrong. You don't need to throw in some scary action. Like, handing someone a business Yeah, card. like, this was a rat instead of a dog. <laughs> that's exactly what this was. Yeah, no, that's good, but then... Then Jackie is the one who had rabies the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right, sorry. We're talking about two different stories. I guess... <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end of this story, they take the animal to the vet and they say, like, oh, this hairless dog is fine, but Jackie has rabies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If I were reading a story and it said, whatever, 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 but Theo is going to die soon, that would be the scariest <laughs> twist. not a character in the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of, like, little Tumblr stories are written... Where it's called like so-and-so X-Y-N, which stands for your name. So the story will be like, Y-N does blah, blah, blah. And you're supposed to put in Theo. Mm -hmm. So you're reading it and you'll read it like, oh, Theo kissed Harry Styles. Wow, that's great. That's great. (laughs) Wait, I have to put it in? It doesn't just automatically do it for me? Mentally. No. While you're reading it to yourself. I feel like that should be a function of the website that it just takes your (laughs) username or whatever. Yeah, it just like takes your data and does whatever it wants with it. Okay, so Jackie thinks the rat one is the scariest. I think. No, I said Harold. (laughs) I'm listening. I'm listening. You're struggling. He wanted to pick Harold. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think Harold. I think the ghost lady. I mean, 
it's not told very well, but I think that that premise is the scariest. Like if I found out the love of my life that I just met and I don't even know her last name is um, a ghost. Had played a ghost prank on you. Or that you find out that the love of your life that you just met who you don't know her last name is such a terrible driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, I'm gonna have to put up with this. What if I say something sexist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many opportunities to accidentally say something sexist. Okay, I'm gonna tell you Harold is obviously the scariest. The cutest one. Alligators. Mm, alligators is very cute. The rat one's pretty cute if they can cure the rabies. The old man killing an old man, it's it's a little bit like the thing the dead old man did was very cute. The murderer, not cute. This all has a kind of Twilight Zone vibe to it, right? Yeah, where you're like, oh man. What? A lot of it. Why'd you just say, oh man? Because she hates the Twilight Zone. Because that's what happens in the Twilight Zone. Oh. The end of the Twilight Zone, the characters are always like, oh man. What? <laughs> Seriously. Time enough at last. Oh man. They say, oh man? No, that's the vibe at the end. Everybody's feeling that feeling of, oh man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. meant they, they all think, get together and like hold hands and bow and say, oh <laughs> <Every> man. Oh <laughs> man. Oh man. As we say at the end of every Twilight Zone episode. Oh <laughs> man. Um, okay, this has been an adequate episode. Not as spooky as I thought it would be, oh, but gosh. that's fine. Life throws curveballs at you. It's for children. Wait, this episode was for children? <laughs> the book is. Uh, the stories are for children. Although we didn't curse that much, just you guys saying your, like, you know, sexist slurs earlier. Uh, next time, tell me beforehand. <laughs> okay, so this is the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, wait, are we going to fire it? Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to have to fire the bed by the window. I don't know. Maybe that one's actually pretty good. It's just not spooky. Yeah, that one's not scary, but that one's the most coherent. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I have to fire alligators. That's just so bizarre. Yeah, I'm firing the alligator one and the dog one. I mean, the rat one. And then Harold... I'm keeping the one that the well no I gotta fire the ghost one too because it didn't make any sense but I'm keeping the the window that one's really good okay but it's called scary stories to tell in the dark yeah we didn't really try it in the dark oh yeah right true oh we would have been so much more scared then solid brick wall I'll say the only one that even gave me a little bit of a chill was Harold that's it but even then Mm -hmm. it was written so weirdly that I could laugh it off (laughs) again I think you have to just think about like being a child and not understanding what like really good literature is Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you read these and you see the pictures and the pictures go along with it and you're like this is all new to me I don't know it's scary when you're a little kid okay let's say it like this Adults don't, you don't need to go back and read them. They don't hold up. How about that? Okay. They, they don't hold up. No. Except for the brick wall one. But kids <laughs> seem to like them. So if a kid's still going to like it, go ahead. But you're not going to get the same feeling you got as a child. <laughs> I don't know, but you, you will remember things that you didn't realize you still had in your brain. And that's kind of fun. Okay. Oh, I was just going to read you another. Con- I I clicked on like the latest conversations on this wiki. <laughs> I'll just read you this one. The poster is Sherry Berry. So Uh this is like people trying to tell their own scary stories. It says, one night a girl woke up at 342 in the morning to her Alexa saying, you have one new message. The girl said, who would call me at three o'clock in the morning? She listened to the voicemail. All she heard was breathing. She thought it was a prank and shook it off. She tried to go back to sleep when her Alexa said, look at your phone. There is a video. (laughs) She did. And it was a video of her sleeping. 
Turns out it was her mom, but she didn't take a vid or tell Alexa to do that. Wait, what? It's just like the scary part. It's like, there's a video of her sleeping. Where did this come from? (laughs) And then it was just, turns out it was her mom. Her mom was in Alexa. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like Alexa did some things and it says, turns out it was her mom, but her mom didn't do the things Alexa did. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) This got two likes. This is the most likes of any of these stories. Can you unlike it? I didn't like it. <laughs> no, he means can you do a thumbs down to take one of their likes away? Because I have an account now. I might as well use it. Hmm. Just comment and say, was it her mom or wasn't it? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I lied. Sherry Berry posted another story got, that got three likes. Whoa. This bunny spent time with kids to learn where they lived. Then at night, the bunny takes an axe and chops up the parents and kidnaps the kids. The police caught the bunny singing. The police said, put the axe down or we will shoot. The bunny came after the police with axe in hand. The police shot him. Two years later, two people were fishing when they heard children crying. There in a shed was 30 scared children, a bunny costume, and a lot of bloody axes. Two years later? How did they survive that long? I like the first sentence. This bunny spent time with kids to learn where they lived. You gotta spend a lot of time with someone to learn where they live. (laughs) So go a lot faster if you would just tell me. (laughs) Yeah. I've been getting a lot of mail sent back to my house as undeliverable that I didn't send. My house is the return address and everything's coming back. It's like from all over the country, all these different people. It's like, oh, we couldn't deliver this one, couldn't deliver this one. I got like 30 of them in one day and I was like, I didn't send any of these. But is it in your handwriting? No. (laughs) Is it in the handwriting you had when you were five years old? Yeah. Oh. No, it's or in the, the handwriting, handwriting I will, will have, have in the I'm future. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it's like these big like first class mail envelopes that like care like hold lots of documents and I was like, what do I do with this? And Joshua was like, well, it's a felony. You can't open them. And I'm like, but it says that I sent them. So like, is it still a felony? Just open it. Yeah. If it came from you. Yeah. So I opened at least one and it was, um, it was like a check for some amount of money. And it said like, here, just deposit this check and then you can keep the money. Uh And then it was like some kind of scam. But somebody was using my house because they thought it was empty because it was empty for a long time before I moved in. Uh I just think that's creepy that somebody was like, oh, I see that empty house. Let me like drive by and like put stuff in their mailbox every once in a Like what if somebody like got mad at the scam and came and killed me because they thought that I sent those letters? That would be spooky. Yeah, really. That would be spooky. Yeah, Rachel and I would have something to talk about on this episode. Yeah, we'd have a story to <laughs> <Something> write. Spooky. <laughs> for yeah. scary stories to tell in the dark four. That would be pretty heartless if we used that for content. Like me getting killed because of mail fraud? Yeah, for <laughs> content. Hey, everybody. This is Theo. Just jumping in during the edit to explain this next section. It had gotten really hot in my closet, so I had taken my shirt off, but my webcam was off. And then at this moment, I turned it back on. Hear Jackie's reaction. Okay, let's go ahead and end this thing. All right, Theo. All right. What? Well, I- <laughs> gotcha. What a um, scary ending to this episode. Why yeah, no muscles, huh? Okay, you have muscles. You know what I mean. <laughs> hey, this is Theo jumping in again. Just wanted to let you know I'm about to try to end the episode and I get a little tongue-tied. I would prefer you remember me by my hilarious shirtless antics that you just heard rather than what you're about to hear. Okay, here we go. Yeah, so I got... Yeah. (laughs) 
So that's the end of this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of the episode. I hope you guys liked it. It was scary. There are lots of scary stories that we read. It's just, it's so much worse when you show up, for all we know, completely nude, just like suddenly unable to like pronounce anything. <laughs> Audience, for context, I turned my camera back on and I had taken my shirt off because it's like hot in here. <laughs> So thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you agreed with what we decided to fire from the canon. You want to check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, at FireTheCanonPod. And then you want to check us out on Gmail. I like how you're just telling them, you want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to email us at firethecanonpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you need to visit our website. And you want to check us out on Facebook. Yeah. We're just Fire the Canon Podcast. And our website, which you also want to go to. Fire the Cannon Podcast. Don't forget our email. We already said it. You're craving to go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon. We love it when you go there and become patrons. No, we don't love it. They love it. They love it. Oh, you You guys love love it. it. You need it. Yeah. And new announcement. We're making tote bags. So stay tuned for that. What? We are? It's going to be easier than making shirts. So we'll start smaller. (laughs) Yeah, at first we wanted to make shirts, but then Theo said, I'm boycotting shirts. So we had to switch to bags instead. That's true. No, that's not true. (laughs) Okay, if anyone here needs a shirt. I have have one one off Theo's back. It's me. Oh, I oh. thought you were offering it to the audience. Like, here's my shirt I don't want. <laughs> Every recording I do when it gets hot and I take my shirt off, I'm going to mail that shirt to someone. <laughs> Using Jackie's house as the return address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jackie's just gets like 30 stinky shirts on her porch. I mean, only if you mail them to people who don't have the correct mailing address. Mm-hmm. I imagine there are lots of people who would just be like, I don't want whatever this is and just say return to sender. Yeah, return to sender. Thank you. All right. And then what's our sign off this time? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It was just a brick wall. <laughs> Happy Halloween audience. Have this raw it was fish. a podcast all along. Yeah, yeah, here's here's the sign off. We're just a bunch of rats with rabies. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Happy Halloween from this bunch of rabid rats to yours. From our very nice sombrero to yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>